You're listening to the Elvis Ultimate Fan Channel Podcast, the channel that is devoted 100% to the life and career of the biggest selling recording artist of all time, with your host, Steve Francis. Welcome to another podcast from Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. Today we welcome back to the show Elvis fan Don Horn. Hey Don. Good Steve, good to be with you again. I always enjoy getting a chance to talk with you. Yeah, well, we were talking there just a little bit before I pushed the record button about how the world has changed since you and I uh, last spoke in uh, February, I think it was. It's, um, it's uh, like we said, it's almost surreal. And here in Memphis, uh, things are pretty much shut down except for essential businesses. Uh, the grocery stores are still open, convenience stores, pharmacies, things like that. But uh, there's a lot of people that are really hurting right now because they're out of work and, and uh, we're just, we're all trying to kind of trying to band together and, and uh, help each other where we can. That's the only thing you can do. If we can all work together, you know, we will beat this thing. It's just a long haul, I think. Yeah, that's what we have to do. And, and we have to remember the people, especially the people that are that are on the front lines in the hospitals, the doctor's offices, the health clinics. Oh, yeah. They really, they, they really need our support. Um, and and I, I have to say the people in the grocery stores and, and the people that are working in some of these restaurants that are still coming in every day and, and cooking food and, and all that, they, I really appreciate everything that, that they're doing. And every time I go to the grocery store, I always be sure to, to tell every, every person that I see that works there, hey, I really appreciate you being here because yeah. – I know you're really you're putting your health on the line just by being here. Yeah, so no, 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 no amount of money can can you know pay them for what they're doing at the service they're doing yeah. at the moment. Yeah, I agree with you 100. Yeah. percent And the doctors and the nurses and the medical assistants and the pharmacists and pharmacy technicians that we 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 owe all of these people a great debt. Yeah, have you have you have you got the same sort of uh, principles that we have here, uh, the other side of the pond, which is we can only go out for essential supplies, like if you're going to the pharmacy or if you're going to buy food, and you can only go out once a day to uh, exercise, and you can only go a distance of two kilometers from your home. Well, we don't we we're not quite that strict, but the the policy here in Memphis that was laid out by the the mayor uh, about three or four weeks ago because the governor refused to do anything at the time. The mayor just uh, he shut down a lot of the not what you know what he considered to be non-essential businesses. Yeah, um, yeah. Like uh, uh, hair salons, barber shops, uh, you know, places where you just you don't have to go. Uh, but if, if you have a job like a, a, you work at a distribution facility that they might be shipping toilet paper or soap or whatever, you're yeah. still going to have that job. Uh, yeah. If you work, of course, if you work at a grocery store, if you work at Walmart or, or, or Kroger, which is the grocery store here, or, you know, Walgreens, the pharmacy, you're still working. And, and um, I see a lot of people coming to and from work every day. So, and I see people out exercising every day. There's really no limit on what you can do as long as you, when you're out in public and you are exercising, you just need, you need to maintain the social distancing and try to stay six feet apart from people when you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's the thing everybody has to do really. And as I say, we will beat it. It's just we're in for the long haul. Um, we've 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 been doing jobs here. In fact, I was telling you when we were setting this up, uh, we actually decorated a room yesterday. So <laughs> that killed another day. 
<laughs> we <laughs> we put our Christmas decorations back up. That was a thing going um, a few weeks ago. People started putting up their Christmas decorations again to try to, I guess, improve their spirits a little bit. So we got our Christmas tree and some of our Christmas lights up again. Yeah, anything you can do just to keep your spirits up, that's what you can do. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was telling you I was telling you as well I was thinking you know these thoughts run through my head I, I wondered what Elvis would have done when you know when faced with a situation like this after it all died down and went back to sort of semi-normality and he, I sort of got my own I, I got my own answer which was he would have done a, a string of benefit concerts because that's the type of guy he was yeah I don't have any doubt about that I think I think he he definitely would have been he would have set up a, a place somewhere in Vegas or maybe even here in Memphis at the FedEx Forum if he, you know, if he were alive today and, and uh, probably would have done a live show via satellite and all over the world. People could have watched it live and probably would have raised millions. That's He probably, probably would have done more than one concert. He might have done several. I yeah, say. yeah I, 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 I have it in my head. He would have just done a string, maybe seven concerts you know, uh, for seven days the, the whole week. Yeah, yeah, and and like uh, the the benefit shows that he did here in Memphis when he first got out of the army, it was the money that was donated to help build the Elvis Presley Youth Center in Tupelo, and and then the benefit show that he did at Pearl Harbor, of course, it was he he, he bought his own ticket there. Parker bought a ticket. Uh, all that money was donated to help build the Pearl Harbor Memorial. So yeah, it's and uh, actually did, didn't he uh, the show that he did in Tupelo in fifty. I think they were. He did. He did two, didn't he? He did uh, one yeah. in one in September '56 and another one roughly September '57 as well, I believe. And he did a, a matinee and an evening performance on both. So yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure they were. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were benefit. Yeah, I'd have to double check to be positive about that, but I think they might have been benefit shows because he was trying to, you know, he's trying to get back to his home to, to Tupelo. Yeah. He was just a, a a a great guy, a very giving guy. He really was, and and there's just not many people like that. He he uh, he would give to his last to help somebody, and there's just there's even a normal person. <laughs> you know, there's, there's there's not many there's just not many people that that would be willing to give like he did. Something else that struck me this afternoon. Somebody was made a point how he, he, you know, he would never turn anybody away unless it was completely unavoidable to give a, a photograph and a autograph. And now you've you've got people that actually charge for their autographs. And that that would oh, yeah. I mean, that wouldn't have even entered his head. Never mind, you know, no. thinking about it. It just wouldn't have entered his head, you know, to charge somebody for for his autograph. <laughs> no, and you know, if you go back and. And listen to some of the the interviews that he did over the years. He he would say how much he he did not mind signing autographs. He didn't mind taking pictures with fans because he he realized how important the fans were to to his success. And and he also realized he, he I think the, the the one of the points he was trying to make uh, at one point was um, he didn't want to hurt their feelings. He he knew where they were coming from. He, yes. he said that they did, He said that they didn't understand. Uh, that he might not, you know, really want to do it at that time or whatever, but they just see him and all they know is what they see of him on screen or whatever. They don't know his personal life. And he, 
he said he tried to remember that and he didn't want to he didn't want to turn anybody down he didn't want to hurt their feelings and yeah. not just because of his popularity just because of the way he was raised he, he just he didn't want to be that kind of person to hurt somebody yeah because somebody asked, somebody asked him once uh, you know did he mind people you know hounding him and he said well the time to start worrying is when they don't ask you for photographs and autographs which yeah. is very which is very true yeah. really cuz and another one yeah. was another one was uh, you know he uh, when they uh, he was attacked once and they were ripping his clothes off and he says well I don't mind them having my shirt because they put it there in the first place <laughs> he yeah, never he never it. ever ever forgot his fans no, never did until the end. And I've read uh, a story about uh, his aunt Delta at one point had had complained about um, the fans at the front gate at Graceland. So I guess sometime probably maybe in the mid '70s or whatever. And and he got on her pretty quick and really jumped on her and said, you know, they're, they're the reason that we can that we're here at Graceland in the yeah. first place. Yeah, yeah. He didn't he didn't he didn't like her he didn't like her saying anything derogatory about the fans. Yeah. At all, he he jumped on her quick to shut that down. Yeah, and quite rightly, he 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 definitely yeah. got it. He definitely got it right when it was. Uh, you know, he knew. He said, you know, if it wasn't for them, I'd be back driving a truck. Driving a truck, yeah. Mm. And he never forgot that till the very end. It, mm. His fans were really, and, and I, we I, we might have talked about this before. I can't remember, but his fans were really probably the other than his mother and his daughters. The, his fans were the the true love of his life. Yeah. And it, it just just the entirety of the of the Elvis fandom, and you can still you can still see it today. You people even like you know us talking here is a result of his love that he gave to us. Yes, it's an. I mean, I never I never I never met him. I never saw him in person. I was only four, almost five years old when he passed away. Mm-hmm. But I can feel you, you can see and feel the love that he had for his fans when you hear him in a concert or, or see him in a movie or whatever, you can feel it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's a testament to him and, and to his love for his fans. Yeah, it wasn't manufactured. It was genuine. You could just tell it was genuine. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, well, uh, the the main topic today is um, Elvis covers. We, we've picked out uh, 10 which uh, artists have covered uh, songs that Elvis did or vice versa. Um songs that uh, people did and then Elvis covered them but most of them are songs that Elvis did and then other people did and the first one we picked was uh, Marty Robbins That's All Right from 1954 Well that's alright mama That's alright for you That's alright mama Just anywhere you do That's alright That's all right, that's all right, mama, any way you do. Yeah, it's a good song. I've I've always liked it. uh, My dad, I think I told you my dad was a disc jockey for a long time, for about uh, 30 years or so. And, of course, he was a big Marty Robbins fan. He he loved country music. And... uh, we had a CD of Marty Robbins hits that had this song on it, and I always liked it. I, I it, it's almost as good as the Elvis version. I think it's not quite as good, but it's it's really a darn good cover of, of "That's All Right." Yeah, well, he, he recorded it in uh, December 1954, 
so yeah. Elvis's version was was well established by then. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's in the same key, uh, but there's a fiddle instead of a the Scotty Moore solo. Yeah. Uh, and I've I, as as far my own personal view of it is it's okay. I I've put in my note here it's okay. So I wasn't blown away by it. But then again, you know, when you're putting it up against the Elvis version, probably then it's only going to be okay. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's not, like I said, it's not as good. I really do like it. Um, of course, I grew up around listening to Marty Robbins and, and listening to country music, so I may be a little bit more partial to it than some people. But uh, from what I have read, I think uh, Elvis and, and Sam Phillips were a little upset with Marty for uh, – for covering that song, have you have you read that? No, I didn't actually. No, I, I can't. I, I tried to look it up so we could talk about it more. I can't remember where I read it, but it seemed like I had read somewhere, and maybe somebody that listens to this can kind of fill us in on it. Um, it seemed like I had read that you know after he recorded it, of course his song went higher, much higher on the charts than than Elvis's version did, and I think. Maybe not Elvis was upset. Maybe it was just Sam Phillips that was kind of upset that Marty had covered it and, and taken some of the shine off of Elvis's, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But I the, mean, it, as you said, I, I, it must have been quite popular because it got to number seven on the Billboard country charts in 1955. So yeah. that's, that's, that's not, you know, the, the, a top ten hit for him. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I think he probably, I'm, I'm quite sure Marty never would have covered it if Elvis, if he hadn't heard Elvis's version. No, probably so, not. Yeah, and I think that I think that took, probably peeved Sam Phillips a little bit, and, and probably for for good reason. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, before we move on to uh, number two, I, d I just want to tell our listeners that if you're listening to this on YouTube, we'll be putting the links below in the comment section uh, so that you can click on the link and hear these covers that we're discussing. Uh, and Because I can't actually put them on the YouTube video because they will be blocked for copyright. So I, I can just give you the links uh, below. So click on those and you'll be able to hear what me and Don are talking about. The uh, the second one is uh, Mystery Train uh, by The Band in It's from the album Moondog Matinee. 
Um, yeah. And I've got here, uh, there's echoes of Scotty Moore's guitar, you know, the the, 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 the sort of the figure that we're kind of interested in that runs the whole way through it. And it's yeah, it's got a kind of a funky sound to it. I, and I, I've got uh, good. I liked it. So I liked it more than Marty Robbins. That's all right. So uh, you know, if, yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it for sure. As um, I, I like Marty Robbins better, but <laughs> but, uh, but I yeah, I, I liked it. I like I said, I could listen to it again. I, I can listen to anything the band does. Yeah, pretty much. yeah. Well, as I say, if people want to just click on the uh, on the links below, and, and they'll be able to, to check it out. Um, then we've got uh, Jeff Beck's version of Jailhouse Rock from two thousand and four. I'm not. I, I know I'm in the minority on this. I'm not a big Jeff Beck fan. I I listened to the song and I never had. This is one of the ones that I hadn't actually heard uh, before you told me about it. Again, I'm not uh, not a big Jeff Beck fan. I, I I didn't really like this very much. Me and you well, must yeah, have, have the. Me and you must have the same sort of taste in music. Well, definitely we have. But uh, when it comes to covers, because I've actually got here crazy guitar solo, and it's it's yeah. it, and it's it's too messy. The sound is just too messy. Yeah. I was just about to mention the guitar solo. I actually kind of like that, but everything else about the song was, uh, yeah, messy is a good way to describe it. It was, it was just a little bit too much. For me. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a what I would term a, a cluttered recording. Uh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> there, was, there was too much. There was a little bit too much going on. Let's say in it. Yeah. 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 Uh, number four. Uh, obviously, it, this was a big hit for Elvis. Uh, Don't be cruel by Cheap Trick in 1988. Uh. I'm going to tell you about this one. When when this came out, uh, it was in the 80s. I want to say 87, 88, around in there. Uh-huh. Um, when it came out, I was just really beginning my, my love affair with Elvis. And I was kind of ticked off that they, that they did this, and I didn't like it. I only wanted to hear the original at that time. You know, I was being kind of foolish. But uh, I listened to it again the other day, and I really like it now. I, I really, really like it. My, maybe my tastes have changed over the last 30 years or so, but, yeah, I went back and watched it again. I was like, wow, this is a lot better than I remember it being. Yeah, and it was a fun video as well. Yeah. Yeah, that that played a part in it well because, you know, at the time I was, I guess, probably 15, 16 years old, and like I said, I was just immersed in all things Elvis at that time, and I was, I didn't really want to hear anybody else doing an Elvis song, and... And, uh, but now I can really appreciate it a lot more, and it's it's really enjoyable. I thought the backing vocals were slightly ele- electronic. I can't even say it, but electronic. 
Um, that's yeah, that, that, yeah, that's, yeah. They, they they did sound kind of sound like like sort of an electronica thing maybe, and that's something that I'm going to mention in the ZZ when we get to ZZ Top in a little yeah. bit too. Uh, yeah. Um, which I'm not a fan of. I'm not, you know, I don't like the electronic electronica or whatever. But uh, yeah, but still, it's the vocals, the the lead vocals especially. Uh, now that I'm older, I I, re I just I really like it. I, I like the groove that they put on the song. I, I just it's I really like it now. They were poking. They, they were poking a little bit of fun at Elvis at the end as well, because right at the very, very end, there's there's a, an overweight guy dressed in an Elvis yeah. jumpsuit smoking a cigarette. So maybe not everybody will like that. But apart from that, if you leave that out of it, it, it was a fun video to watch. Yeah, I'm saying I, I saw that when I was watching the video again. <clears throat> excuse me, when I was watching the video again the other day, and I had I had actually forgotten that part, and maybe maybe that was part of the reason why. Back at the time, I, I was a little upset about it because uh, I'm a little sensitive to seeing stuff like that. I, mm. I don't like to. Yeah, I, I, don't, you know, don't, don't, I could have done without like that. See, don't like to see him being made fun of. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I, I'm not sure whose idea that was to put that in there, but that was not necessary. Yeah, agree 100. percent That was that was the only fly in the ointment. I think the rest of it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number five. Uh, now this, uh, this I'm going to tell you now straight away. I really, really like this one. It was uh, Tracy Chapman and Hound Dog uh, from the Buddy Guy tribute in the Kennedy Center in 2012. The Kennedy Center honors in tribute to Buddy Guy, ladies and gentlemen, Tracy Chapman. Oh, I feel alright this morning. want everybody to know that I was the one to say you ain't nothing but a hound dog sneaking around my door Yeah, this was probably maybe the only other one that I hadn't heard before. And, uh, of course, she has a fantastic voice. Yes. Uh, she's got – and I, I I started listening to it. I, I, I try to reserve judgment on everything, and I started listening to it, and I'm like, wow, I'm just blown away by this. Of course, of course she was doing the, the uh, Big Mama Thornton version, the, the lyrics. Uh, she didn't do the "You ain't never caught a rabbit, and you ain't no friend of mine." Lyrics. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah, I, I have I have notes here. It's a similar tempo to the original uh, Mama yeah. May Thornton one. Uh, there's a fantastic yeah. a, a harmonica solo as well in in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I forget the guy's name who was playing the harmonica. I, I looked that up the other day, and I, I should have wrote it down. But, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was really good. And of course, I like Buddy Guy. Any anything involved with Buddy Guy is going to be good. But <clears throat> excuse me, but, uh, I'm sorry, my allergies here in Memphis are. Oh bothering. right, um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not coronavirus, ladies and gentlemen. It's <laughs> um, Please God, no, no. We I wouldn't I wouldn't wish it on anybody. No way. <laughs> but Tracy Chapman was really just she was perfect for that at that point. That was just 
that was one of those moments when everything came together, and I'm so glad that you pointed that out to me because I, I, I just, I was blown away by by how good she sounded and how good the band sounded, and you could tell, uh, everybody was, you could see everybody in the crowd. It was, it was getting everybody. You could just tell it was one of those great moments. Yeah, the the, the camera actually pans at one time to uh, Michelle and. Uh... Barack Obama in the in the audience, yeah. and they're kind of uh, grooving out to it. Yeah, yeah, they're grooving along. Yeah. <laughs> and Jimmy Page, did you see Jimmy Page when he I, was sitting up? He was grooving to it too. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a great video. Ch- check it out, everybody. It's really it's a really good one. Again, the link will be below. Um, okay, this is one that we've uh, mentioned briefly just before we came to it, and it was "Viva Las Vegas" by ZZ Top. Still want me to come with you? Spot on. But, yeah, uh, 1992. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I'm just not, I'm not a fan of this one, really. I I didn't like the, the, the use of the ghost Elvis again, you know, the, the semi-transparent Elvis with the gold lame yeah. suit on. Um, the, they looked like they had a lot of fun filming it. Uh, now, the voice, the, the, the voice, uh, not the voice, but the... Uh, the echo on the chorus, you know, the Viva Las Vegas bit. Now, to me, yeah. I'm still not convinced whether that is actually a voice sample of Elvis they're using. I've listened to it so many times, and I can't quite decide, is it a voice sample from the original Elvis recording? I've wondered about that, too, because it does kind of sound that way. But I've never been able to... They would have had to have gotten Graceland's permission, would they not? To, to they would do have that done, and, yeah. <laughs> And uh, I don't, I've never heard that they did. And, of course, we could do a little research on it, I guess, maybe and find out. But uh, it does sound a little bit like him. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I've wondered the same thing. I've listened to it on, you know, different uh on, on different speakers i've listened to it on headphones and I, i've never really come to a, a complete and utter conclusion whether they have or they haven't used you know his voice but like you say they would need permission unless they kind of try to sneak it in there and not tell anybody yeah, yeah. and i want to you know i want to 
know, I, I'm saying that I don't like the song, but I want to give ZZ Top their due. They, they, you know, Elvis was a big influence on them, and I remember reading a story years ago. They came to Memphis in, I think, maybe 1970 or 71. They were still a young band. Um, none of them had beards or anything like that. They were pretty much unknown, and they played at the Overton Park Shell. Oh, yeah. Uh, before, yeah. And uh, I wish I could remember the entire story. I, I, I had it in a magazine that I had a few years ago. But uh, they came to the Overton Park Shell, and, and uh, they walked out, and they had their, their – um, I think they had white suits on. And they walked out, and nobody knew who they were. They walked on the stage. Uh, nobody knew what they were going to play. And Billy Gibbons walked up to the microphone and stuck his mouth up to the microphone saying, he said, Mr. Lightman, turn the lights up because this is going to be hot. <laughs> and he, started in, he, he started in the intro to Jailhouse Rock. Yeah. And then, of course, the crowd just went crazy. <laughs> and they, they've been, you know, loved in Memphis ever since then. Yeah. I've I've also got a, a just a wee note here that I, I thought that the band was was a pretty tight sound to it. So, uh, oh yeah, I mean, it, it, as you say, it, it probably wouldn't be one of my favorites, but uh, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not uh, when I'm listening to ZZ Top, I usually skip this one. <laughs> oh right, it's a skip, it's a skip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, we'll we'll skip on to the next one. Um, this is um, "Hurt" uh, by Bobby Vinton, nineteen seventy three. Now it's the it's 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 the remake of the nineteen sixty one Timmy Yoro hit. I'm so hurt to think that you'd lie to me. I'm hurt Way down deep inside of me You said your love was true Yeah, and I like the Timmy Euro version. I think um, the Bobby Vinton version, in my opinion, is probably... A little bit too saccharine, a little bit too. I don't know. I, I'm not crazy. I like Bobby Vinton, but I'm not crazy about it. I, this is one of those songs. After Elvis did it, it's you don't even really want to hear anybody else do it yeah. because I think he, he he owned the song after after he did it, and and it's just kind of a letdown for for me to hear anybody else do it. Yeah, he 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 really yeah. nailed it in 1976. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got here yeah. Bobby Bobby Vinton is it's it's almost like a dreamy rendition of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Bobby Vinton, I, I like Bobby Vinton, but but uh Bobby he, he needed to kind of stay in his own lane. I think he got outside of his lane a little bit and another version of this song that probably influenced Elvis in one way or another uh was the Roy Hamilton version of Hurt. Yeah. I was and, I was gonna I was gonna mention that yeah you're right yeah and I'm not uh, I, actually I'm not too crazy about that I like Roy Hamilton but uh, Elvis liked those those big powerful voices and then the overblown ballads like like Roy's version was so I'm sure it struck a, a chord with him but but 
uh, but getting back to Bobby's version, I, I'm not. Uh, I'd much rather listen to Timmy Euro's version, actually. Yeah, well, Bobby Vinton. There's no spoken part with Bobby Vinton, uh, as far as I can remember. There is. There is the. No. Sp- there is the spoken part which Elvis did in '76 on the uh, Timmy Euro hit. Um, so, uh, and I mean, no disrespect to Bobby, but you know his voice is nowhere near the strength of Elvis's. But then again, there's, oh, not, there's, no. there's, there's not many people that could match the strength of Elvis. You know, when he when he really nailed the song, he nailed it. He made it his own. And I really, uh, if we could uh, talk for a second about Elvis, uh, another Elvis version, the the version that he did that's in the the last concert show that uh, I guess was done probably in Rapid City, maybe. Yeah. Uh, uh, in not, June 1977. Yep. Um, that that to me, I, I love that version. He's he's really he's just all in on it, you know. And there are other versions. I think maybe from the the New Year's Eve show of '76 in Pittsburgh. But the, but the one the one the the last one that he did that that was filmed that, that was that's a special one to me. Um, yeah, he did it. He did it on both nights. He did it uh, in Omaha on the nineteenth, okay. and and Rapid City, and yeah. I've watched both of them, and d- 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 both versions would blow you away. Blow both for. I mean, I know the nineteenth in Omaha was a, a bit of an off night for him, but he he he, he yeah. still he, st- he still nailed that. Yeah, and that that was one of the few songs that I think he kind of you know he was obviously sick and he wasn't he wasn't as strong as he had been in years past, so he. I think he kind of, you know, he, he coasted through a few of the songs so he could sort of save his energy for songs like that and for for how great thou art and unchained melody. And the other, yeah, yeah, the the songs that really still he wanted to put everything he had into it. Um, but hurt that it's it's that version, that last version is it's there's something about it. It's it's uh, of course you know it's one of the last times he's going to do it. He's he's on his last tour and. I guess it's a little more poignant because of that. Yeah, yeah, and he was he was singing to Ginger as well because there's a cutaway and it shows Ginger when he's uh, yeah. when he's singing it. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, he had just, I guess he had, he had just introduced her just a little bit before that. I guess hadn't he? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so I've kind of said that the Bobby Vinton one is just kind of okay, but I, I would I would stress to our listeners if they can listen to the Bobby Vinton one and the Timmy Yoro one. They'll see that the Timmy Yoro one is probably the closer to the one that Elvis copied. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I would I would suggest everybody look up the Roy Hamilton version too if they haven't had it opportunity. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, just as an aside, uh, a lot of people might know that uh, when Elvis was doing the Memphis sessions in January and February 1969, Roy uh, visited Elvis because um, they they had great respect for each other. And sadly, yeah. sadly, um, only about six months later, on the 20th of July, 1969, 
Roy passed away after suffering a stroke. And his death was actually overshadowed by the moon landings. You know, a lot of people actually missed it and it didn't get the the notoriety and the notice that it should have done because of the moon landings. So that's sort of like just an aside about it. Yeah, and and, um, Elvis had given him that song that he was going to record called Angelica. Yes. And uh, if if nobody's ever heard, if you haven't heard that, you definitely need to look that up too. It's... it's, uh, it never was a hit for Roy, but but because uh, he was in the latter stages of his career, obviously. But it's a great song, and, and Roy really nailed it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, eighth on the list is uh, "For the Heart" by the Judds from 1988. Had a dream about you, baby. Had a dream about me and you Had a dream and I woke up crying Well, I can try, but I just can't stop And the time's dragging by a tick-tock Oh, my heart, it just can't love no one but you Okay, this one is one that another one that uh, at the time when it came out, I wasn't crazy about. And again, it's around that time period where I was really only into Elvis and pretty much nothing else. And I'm not even sure when it came out. I'm not sure if I even knew that Elvis had recorded it or not mm. because I was still, like I said, I was still new to uh, learning about Elvis at that time. I and a lot of the latter stuff that he recorded. I think he probably recorded this maybe in what '75. Who, Elvis? Is that right? No, actually, yeah. it, it's one of the uh, Jungle Room recordings, so 1976. Okay, yeah. 76, okay. Yeah. Some of, that stuff, some of that stuff I hadn't heard yet, and when this came out, I, I really didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Uh, some of the other Judd stuff that they had uh, recorded previously I did like, but I, I didn't like this at all. But, I like again, your tastes change over the years. And I went back and listened to it again the other day, and just like the cheap trick song it's it's really grown on me a lot i, I really like this now yeah they, they, i i didn't know much about them until i was doing the research for these covers and uh, they're a mother and daughter uh, duo from yeah. K- kentucky and they were actually signed kentucky, yeah. they were actually signed to the same uh, label as elvis rca yeah and o- over the over the 80s when they were really popular there there were actually comparisons of People would say Winona Judd. She actually did look a little bit like Lisa Marie Presley, maybe. Hmm. And they would they would say that she was sort of the the female Elvis of country music at that time. I remember that comparison being made because she she did kind of have a vague resemblance to to Lisa Marie, especially when she smiled. She kind of looked like a yeah. For lack of a better term, she looked like a Presley yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, of course, she could sing really well too. That didn't hurt. It didn't do too bad. I think one of the it was probably the country albums or the the country charts, I should say, and it got to number seventeen. Yeah. So it was a, it was a top twenty hit. Um, yeah, I, I remember it quite well from that time. And of course, like I said, I I wasn't 
really into too much other stuff right at that time because like 87, 88, I was just completely diving into everything else, just trying to learn everything I could. But but uh, I, I wasn't really a big fan of that that country music at that time either because to me country music started changing sort of in the mid 80s and I didn't like it as much as the stuff that I had grown up on in the 70s and, and early 80s but like I said I went back and listened to this again for the first time probably in 30 years yeah, and yeah. I really like I really like it a lot now well um, it, you know it, it's more I was curious more than anything else because I have only ever heard Elvis sing for the heart so i when i saw this i thought oh. well i'll give this a listen and see what it sounds like and i've got sort of yeah. in, I, i've put notes here of it's inoffensive and it's tame and it has a it has a, a slide guitar on it as well so it's kind of slightly different to elvis's you know yeah and and the way the the arrangement i like the arrangement of it it's it's quite different than the the version the elvis's version the, as far as the arrangement goes and then the way you mentioned slide guitar, the, the way that Winona Judd can slide her voice up and down the scales, I like that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, you know, worth worth a listen, uh, listeners. If you want to just click on the link and, and and click on that one, it is definitely worth a listen. Just to compare it to Elvis's, if nothing else. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it for sure. The uh, the next one, uh, number nine, is Queen live at Wembley Stadium. You're so square, baby. I don't care from 1986. Okay, we're going to fool around a bit. Come on. You know, like crazy that I hadn't heard until probably maybe a year ago I was I was diving into a lot of Queen stuff that I hadn't heard before and of course I knew that uh, Freddie Mercury was a, a huge Elvis fan and uh, it's 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 live and it's kind of a I hate that I hesitate to say a throwaway version but I mean they are paying homage to the guy and, and uh, I would recommend it it's, it's a fun version yeah, it's it's actually it's it's part of a uh, of a medley that they were doing at the time yeah. because he followed it up with uh, "Hello Mary Lou" and "Tutti Fruity." Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was paying homage to his roots. He was he he threw in uh, Little Richard and and Ricky Nelson. Yeah, but as you say, uh, Freddie was a, a a big fan of Elvis's because he did crazy little thing called "Love," which was written for Elvis, I believe. Yeah, and you know, back in the seventies when they were still pretty much a glam rock band they they would almost always throw in at least one elvis song either jailhouse rock or hound dog or something in their live concerts and uh you know freddie it's it's it can't be it just it just can't be understated or overstated how how much freddie loved elvis he 
he had been accused at one point in the early 70s of trying to copy David Bowie. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he he took it all in stride, and he, he said, you know, he said imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And he said, he said everything after Elvis is parody anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Basically saying Elvis is the only original. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, he was right as well. No, I've got a lot of time for Freddie. I liked Queen and I liked Freddie. And uh, as you say, his, his love of Elvis was genuine. You know, he, he, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't just saying it to be liked. You know, he, he did really oh, mean no. it. And you can tell yeah, that he, you, he, you can tell that by his tribute to him, "Crazy Little Thing Called Love." You know, he just—it's it's a good song. I would have loved to see Freddie and Elvis together oh, on yeah. stage. Can you imagine? That, that would have been—they <laughs> would have blown the roof off any place in the world if those two could have been on stage together. <laughs> Whew, that's some thought, isn't it? Wow, Fre- yeah. Freddie and Elvis. Wow. <laughs> of course, we know Colonel Parker wouldn't have allowed it. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately. But if Elvis could have ever broken away from that bum he, he could have really done some uh, you know I, I like to think i don't mean to i don't want to get off too much onto another pot topic here but uh I, in my mind i envision elvis um uh, in the late 60s or early 70s breaking away from parker and doing some work with paul mccartney and john lennon and george harrison and, and then later on freddie mercury bruce springsteen uh, tom petty all, all the people that that loved him and really probably you know they would have loved to have worked with him yeah yeah it's just so so many missed opportunities yeah yeah really it's it's really sad when you think about it can you imagine what if elvis would have been a guest on some beatles recordings how how, how huge that would have been i just can't i, I can't begin to imagine <laughs> you know <laughs> oh, right, you know we were talking we were talking on facebook a few weeks ago i think i might have been talking to you i can't remember but I can I can picture in my mind in, in like 1969 when the Beatles are still together and he calls he calls you know Elvis is like I'm getting away from Parker I want to cut some new records I'm going to call Paul McCartney see if he can write me some songs yeah uh, I've heard I've, I've heard this Jimi Hendrix guy let's see if we can get him on guitar you know I, I just I, I and uh, Led Zeppelin let's let's see if we can get Bonham to let's let's just form a, a super group here in this and get these guys, and let's, let's, let's cut an album. Paul, you write the songs. Uh, Jimmy, you play lead guitar. Bonham, you're on drums. Paul, you play bass. I'll sing lead. You guys harmonize with me, and let's do it. And that, that would have been, that would, that would have literally been probably the greatest thing ever. Yeah, never mind the million, qu- million dollar quartet. It would have been the billion dollar band, wouldn't it? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah absolutely. We can, we can dream about it. We can dream about it. Yeah, we can think of what if. Yeah. Uh, number 10 on the list, Always On My Mind, live at Radio Monte Carlo by Jack Savaretti. Maybe I didn't treat you Quite as good as I should have Maybe I didn't love you Quite as often as I could have Little things I should have said and done I just never took the time But you were always on my mind 
always on my mind Maybe I didn't hold you Now this yeah, is... Yeah, I never... I, 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 go ahead, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I was just going to say, I, I, was, I wanted to avoid the most obvious one, which was Willie Nelson. Um, so I, I picked think that's, this one. that's a good idea. Why the Willie Nelson is always associated with Always On My Mind, if you feed it into Google, the first thing that comes up is Willie Nelson. It doesn't come up as Elvis. And yet Elvis did it years yeah. years before Willie. Yeah, he did it, uh, I guess, what, almost about 10 years before Willie did? Uh, it's, I've got in my notes here, Willie Nelson did it in 1982. So, yeah, 10 years. Yeah. Well, the Elvis version, the Elvis version wasn't, uh, it wasn't as big a hit. Willie's version, I think, went to number five on the pop charts. Um, and it was a completely different arrangement. Elvis's version was more up-tempo, and the Willie version was a little bit slower. And Yeah, whenever I hear the, the, whenever I hear the Willie Nelson version, I always find myself saying, too slow, too slow. You know, it's just too yeah. slow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, course like i said it was it was the bigger head and I, that's i'm that's why people identify with it it's like a lot of people you know still identify elvis with blue suede shoes yeah yeah it just it gets stuck in in the in the public's mind and that's all they ever associate um yeah. oh, oh don't forget as well uh, the pet shop boys had a number one hit with it in uh, 1987 uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it went to number one in the UK. I'm not sure whether it went to number one in America or not. It was a Christmas. No, actually, Christmas I, re- time. I remember that. I, I remember that song. That was uh, another sort of electronica type type song. It, it was. I can. It, it wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was okay. It was okay. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was. It was. It was uh, number one for four weeks around Christmas time, '87. So <laughs> somebody must have yeah. liked it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and like I, I never had heard this version by Jack Savaretti. I'd, I'd heard his name. I never had really heard too much about him. He he uh, he really blew me away with this version. It was his guitar work and his voice and everything. I, yeah. It, uh, well, I, I, I I've got uh, I've got like this a lot. It's a just a gentle rendition uh, with just the guitar, the acoustic yeah. guitar. So uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I like it an awful lot. And he, he it was. It's obviously um, there's no you know there's no auto tune anything like that. It's he hits a few wrong notes with the guitar. He hits a few wrong notes with his voice even, but it's still it's it's a it's an earnest recording. You can tell, and he's he's putting everything he's got into, it and it's it's really lovely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's uh, it's one of the better versions because it's quite it's quite widely uh, covered. You know, you, you can find a, a yeah. lots and lots and lots of cover versions of Always on My Mind, but uh, this one by Jack Savaretti, I would uh, recommend anybody listening now click on the link and, and and give it a listen. Give it a listen. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. And and actually, it's 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 a version that it makes me after after watching it, I, it makes me want to seek out more stuff that he's done just just to hear some of the other things that he's done. I, that's how much I like it. Yeah, that's always a good sign. If you hear somebody or see somebody singing a song and you feel like you want to go and check out other songs that they've done, then that, that's a good sign. Yeah. yeah. That is, yeah. That's, I think that every artist should hope that if somebody hears one of their songs that it makes them want to listen to another song. Always On My Mind was voted the number one song of Elvis' recording career in a poll conducted by the British TV company ITV in 2013. 
Is that right? I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually liked the version. There was a reworked version that Felton Jarvis uh, did, and it was released on an, a, a CD, I think, about 1985, and it has it has horns and strings on it. Well, you know, I, I like that. Funny enough, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I don't like that one. I don't like the one with the horns. You don't like that one. No, I've I actually, I, yeah, you're you're not you're not alone because I've talked to some other people, uh, Martin Robbins, and a few other people that they don't that don't like that version either. But but for me, I I love the horns and the strings in that. I I like the one that appeared on the Separate Ways album. I like the mix and I like everything on that one. I like the original one. I, I've never liked anything else they've ever done with it. Although th- they did they did do a, an alternate take on this is elvis i don't mind yeah. that one as well uh it's definitely a different take yeah, they, yeah it's, it's a different take it's still similar to to the the master but uh yeah it is different i, I like i mean i like any version of it it's just a fantastic song but but uh i i i hate to say that i'm i'm sort of like uh you know the i, I just like that orchestration that that felton added onto it uh I think I'm definitely in the minority. I think most people like the the original master better. But uh, I, it, it did surprise me, though, when it was voted number one by the British public. I would have thought it would have been something like Suspicious Minds or In the Ghetto, one of the bigger ones, you know, the the more mainstream ones. But, yeah, yeah, it was it was voted the number one. Yeah, well, I wonder what the criteria was for, was it only songs recorded after a certain point, maybe? Or? Yeah, it could have been. I, I, I don't know for sure. Well, I know that there are, you know, a lot of songs in, in the UK and in Europe that, that uh, were hits that just weren't hits really at all here in the United States. And it, 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 I would have thought it would have been Suspicious Minds, like you said, either Suspicious Minds or maybe even going all the way back to, like, Are You Lonesome Tonight? Mm, yeah. Help falling in Love, maybe, something it, like it's, that. It's Now or Never. Yeah, it's now and never, absolutely. Now, that would have been the end of our top ten, but uh, a couple of days before we uh, scheduled this recording, you introduced me to uh, It's Now or Never, live by Wet Wet Wet, recorded in Memphis in 1994 at a tribute concert. Yes. And I've got the to highlight tell, of the entire show, in my opinion. And I've got to tell you, it was it, it blew me away. It actually blew me away. It was it's a heck of a cover. It's now or never. Come home me time. Kiss me, my darling, be mine tonight. Tomorrow will be today. It's now or never, my love won't wait. I was watching the show when it aired originally back in 94. And uh, I had enjoyed everything up to that point in the show. Obviously, there were a lot of big names on there. But when they came out, I didn't even know who they were. When they came on stage and they started that song, when they first started, I was like, hmm, you know, that's pretty good. And the farther and farther the song went along, I'm like, wow, this is really good. And then by the time he hits that last note, I'm like, well, this is the best cover maybe of any Elvis song ever. 
That last note is something else. It's, it's obviously it's not. It's nowhere near as good as Elvis's. Yeah, it's close, and the, just the entire the arrangement is close to the original. It, they they want it seemed like they wanted to do face to the original and not change it up and do their own thing like a lot of other people were doing in that concert, that tribute concert. And like I said, it's it's the highlight of the show. If if no, if you haven't seen it, please. Watch it. And yeah, it's available. Watch it again and watch it again. It's available on YouTube, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, and I highly, highly recommend it to anybody. Now you said that you hadn't heard of Wet, Wet, Wet. Do you remember the the big song they had, the big hit they had, "Love Is All Around," the Trogs? It was a cover <laughs> of the Trogs. I remember the Trogs version. Yes. Um, so they did, they did a remake of that. I did not know that. Yeah, and for the life of me, I can't remember what film it was from. Andy McDonald was in it, and I think Hugh Grant was in it. But I can't remember Andy what the film was. Hugh Grant. Yeah, maybe it wasn't Hugh Grant. Uh, I don't know. But uh, like I said, uh, up to that point, I never, in 1994, I never had heard of, of that group, Wet, Wet, Wet. I'd never heard of them. Very big in England. Very big in England. Yeah, I guess they... They were. They must not have been very popular in the United States because I'm, surely I would have heard of them. Yeah, yeah. At some point. I'll remember the film <laughs> when I've finished. I know I will. About ten minutes after we finish, I'll I'll, I'll remember the film. Actually, if anybody wants to comment, uh, they can leave comments and, and let me know what the name of the film was. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'd love to have com. I, I want to have comments by people because we, you know, anytime we're talking, there's always something that we forget or leave out. I'd love for anybody to fill in the blank. Yeah. If you could pick uh, out of the eleven, I think I know what you're going to say. But if you could pick uh, one of the eleven, which one would you say would be your favorite out of the ones we did? Oh, it's, it's the one we just talked about. It's now or never by Wet Wet Wet. I don't. I don't think it's even close. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. With a very, very close runner-up, the Tracy Chapman Hound Dog. Yeah, yeah. It's, that really would... I, I hadn't listened to Tracy in a while, and when I heard that, I, I was it reminded me of just how smooth and just how... I mean, her voice is just so spectacular. I, I could listen... like Sort of like Elvis, they used to say about Elvis, I could listen to Tracy Chapman sing the phone book. Yeah, do you remember that hit she had when she was first starting out called Fast Car? I was listening to that today. Fast Car. Yeah, yeah, that that was, I guess that was probably her first. That was kind of the one that introduced her to, to the world. Yeah. And <clears throat> she, uh, I'm sure she's still out doing stuff, but I, I don't really keep up too much with her. But I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to dig back into her a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, fine voice, fine voice. Oh yeah, so it's just so smooth, just buttery smooth voice. Um. What was I going to say? I was going to say the next thing was obviously the coronavirus is everywhere. It's everywhere you look and everywhere uh, you hear. And one of the victims was Tom Hanks. And uh, obviously filming has now been, well, they, they say postponed on the uh, Elvis biopic. But it's probably it could be in danger of never going ahead. Yeah, I wonder about that because... 
Australia still, <clears throat> I assume they're still pretty much on lockdown like, like most other countries are. So I'd have to think that, that uh, it would be many, many months before they could continue filming. I don't know how far along they were in the process. They couldn't have been very far no. as far as production. No, they, he, he'd only been over there uh, a week or two when he was struck down. Him and the wife were struck down, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I was worried there for a little while, too, because uh, somebody told me, I think it was uh, one of our Facebook friends, Louise Eastwood, told me that uh, he had that Tom had type 2 diabetes. I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. That's right, yeah. Me and, Lu me and Louise were talking, and she mentioned it as well, that uh, he... he yeah. And, and anything like that can kind of... Uh, but uh, thankfully, uh, I think both of them had mild symptoms. Well, stay safe, Don, and, and you and your family, please stay safe because it's just an awful thing. It, it, it just, it, it doesn't discriminate, you know, young or old, rich or poor. It, it's, it's just, it doesn't, it's just brutal. Yeah, and stay safe yourself and you and your family. And, and I'd just like to say, you know, to everybody that's listening, stay safe because this is, uh, this is the most serious thing in, in, in my life. Mm. Um, I think this is the most serious thing that, that uh, the United States has dealt with in about 100 years. There was a flu epidemic in 1918 that killed a lot of people. And, I, you know, I, I keep hearing people say, you know, things will never be normal again after this. I, I don't know what people consider normal, but but uh, just, just to be able to, to go out and not worry about catching something that's going to kill you in, in a few days, that, that, that would yeah. be normal to me. Yeah, I agree. You know? I agree. <clears throat> I mean, this is this is serious, and I just uh, I want it to be over, Steve. I want it to be over. It just goes to show how much we took for granted, though, didn't it? As well, all the things, oh, yeah. all the yeah. things, all the things that we can't do now, we took for granted. You, yeah, and it takes something like this a lot of times to to remind us of how simple things can mean so much. To be able to go and sit down with your family in a restaurant, enjoy a nice meal, or go see a movie or go to the, go to the mall or whatever and and just to be able to to interact with people walk up to somebody and shake their hands yeah. uh, just little things like that that it's funny you mentioned about going to the cinema doing normal things uh we were due to go to see that's the way it is on i think it was april the 22nd that's been deferred yeah yeah that's been deferred now till the 13th of august i think but i don't know whether i'd feel comfortable in august going into a place like that and sitting amongst people and you know the air conditioning no. recircling the air so i don't know whether i'll get to see it or not yeah i that's august is <laughs> And they're saying <clears throat> August may be too soon for any kind of gathering like that. I, people are saying here, you know, they hope that the, the, the kids are able to go back to school uh, here in August because they've been out now for mm. over a month, I guess, now. And, and uh, it looks like they're probably not going to go back uh, the rest of this year. I'd like to thank you for your time again, Don. It's always appreciated you taking time out to talk to me and, and uh, you know, so I can, I can get an episode done. Well, I... I uh, Man, I, you don't have any idea how much I enjoy talking to you. If, if it was impossible for it to be more so now with with everything going on, it's, I, I just love talking to you anyway. But now, it's yeah, I love it even more. Okay, thanks, Don. All right, I really appreciate you, Steve. And really, I, I mean this, you know, really sincerely. Please take care and, and and keep in touch. Yeah, I will, and you do the same. Thank okay. you very much. Okay, it's it's afternoon with you. It's evening with me. So I'll say good afternoon to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, good, good, good evening to you then. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Bye.
Got it. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Don for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. You can contact this channel via email at ElvisTheUltimateFanChannel at gmail.com and also on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. This channel is available on all podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean and iHeartRadio to name just a few. I hope you will join me next time for another episode from Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. Elvis has left the building. Thank you and good afternoon.